This is Cruise Control. Control. Your on-air automotive magazine with co-hosts Fred Staub and Les Jackson. Control. Everything you need to know about new and used cars. Industry news. We'll fix or repair your car on the air. Fasten your seatbelts and let us take the wheel. Your ride is about to begin. Because you're on Cruise Control. Cruise Control. Cruise Control. Welcome to Cruise Control Radio. That's right, it's time. We're getting out and getting on to all the automotive news and information that, uh, well, everyone wants to hear. Right, Les? That's exactly right. And uh, we just happen to have plenty of information for them to hear. Yeah, we sure do. And we're asking a question here. Will low prices at the pump cause big problems for electric vehicle sales? Well, one manufacturer says, hey, we're not worried. No, I think that's a short-term thing. And um, over at VW, they solved its software problem Mm -hmm. and teases yet another new model. Yeah, that's pretty good news all around. And Chrysler opens up the order books for the Pacifica all-wheel drive. That's early. It's bringing it to market early. Everybody's been waiting for it. Yes, they have. Yes, anyway, Bentley builds the last of a breed. Yeah, we'll tell you what that is. And we're going to talk tech. Will your next vehicle live inside a geofence? Yeah, and uh, here are a couple names for you. The GMC Cyclone, spelled differently than Mm -hmm. you think, and the Ford Boss 302 have a comeback. Sort of. <laughs> yeah, we'll tell you what we mean by that. It is a comeback. Just might not be a comeback from the factory. So we'll tell you about those things. No. A couple of performance names from the past. All that and more when we get rolling on this edition of Cruise Control Radio, your on-air automotive magazine. You can check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com. And all the links are there to YouTube page, podcast feed, Facebook, and Twitter, all there, cruisecontrolradio.com. Big uh, big problem, uh, low price of gasoline less uh, for people considering electric cars. Um, I just filled up. It was $1.99, and that actually wow. is on the higher end of uh, <laughs> costs of gasoline around the U.S., right? It is. Last time I filled up was $1.74 with my grocery store discount. That's not bad at all. Uh, and I, I'm down to a half a tank. I filled up about a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of driving going on. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, electric cars uh, financially are a little bit of a rough sell yet. I mean, there's not a lot of charging infrastructure around. Um, and you can get some great cars that uh, cost low money that get 40 miles to the gallon. So, so some of these manufacturers might have a little hard time, but one in particular we'll tell you about says they're not worried about it. Forging ahead, not worried. So, Hey, we're going to forge ahead and be right back with more cruise control radio. As we told you coming up, we got stories about VW Chrysler, Bentley and geo fencing. That's That's the one Les is waiting for. Okay. Exactly. Hey, we'll be right back with Cruise Control Radio. 
Listen to the live feed of Cruise Control Radio every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Go to www.cruisecontrolradio.com to find out how to do it. Cruise Control. Welcome back to Cruise Control. Les Jackson at the wheel of my desk. Fred Staub driving his desk. <laughs> uh, but that doesn't matter because a lot of people are driving their cars out there and a lot of people are buying cars and yep. over at Ford, over at Ford, just because gasoline prices are frankly lower than, than they've been, well, dollar for dollar in, in probably 50 years. Yep. Uh, that, that you know that a lot of the manufacturers are worried about electric cars not being sold, but Ford isn't concerned about it. No, they no, I don't believe it'll hurt. You're you're absolutely right. The average price people are paying for gas right now is a dollar ninety seven, and that is remember typically you know it goes up in the summer. More people drive, more demand. Not really right. the case this year, but. Um, Anyway, that's, that's about 33 cents a gallon in 1960s money. That's amazing. It really is. But uh, Mark Kaufman, who is Ford's global director of electrification, spoke with Green Car Reports recently. And his team believes uh, up to a third of all vehicles sold globally in 2030 will be electric. And he said it's hard to predict the demand, but... Uh, he feels that it will continue on and uh, it won't, uh, you know, it, this is only kind of like a bump in the road. I think he might be right because I think, like you and I talked about, the push will come through cities, uh, if anyone stays in the cities. <laughs> yes. Uh, it will come through cities um, mandating electric vehicles. And we're going to get to a story a little bit later I, on. I think you're right. As to one way that might happen. But um, they, are, of course, are continuing on with this. Uh, remember, the investment is huge. Uh, the uh, development is huge. We've seen a lot of companies uh, partner up. Ford was partnering up with uh, a company called Rivian, but that has gone by the wayside, kind of a victim of uh, the COVID-19 situation. And uh, they have, Ford has its 2021 Mustang Mach-E coming out. Um, and, That's right. You know, this is a big thing for them. This is really big thing for them. Uh, and obviously, they're looking, they're looking forward to it. Um, the problem is still, how do you charge these things up everywhere, Right. That is true, but but again, the infrastructure over time is going to fill in as as it always does. And the other thing, uh, and I fully agree with what you just said. And the other factor here is that we we're seeing right now a a, a whole social revolution. The young generations uh, are saying, you know, we've we've had enough. We're worried about our future. Uh, we're worried about the environment and things have got to change just like they did in the late 60s when our youth me included uh, and i was young once and i have total recall um <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that you know that it changed things and it kind of changed overnight so 
Uh, I agree with Ford entirely. And if you think about it, they're saying 30%, but you know, 35% of all vehicles sold are pickup trucks. So if you take those out of the equation, you're looking at well over 50% of all the passenger cars well, will be electric. And I think it'll even be bigger than that. I think it will start to with uh, commercial vehicles uh, getting into a big fleets and that I, I don't really know why that... Um, and, you know, the post office is trying to get a new vehicle going and that. I don't think they're even looking at electric vehicles, believe it or not. Are they? I Well, they might be for, for urban um, deliveries, but they still, you know, have to cover a lot of territory in the suburbs. Yeah. Um, so I think I think there's a number of factors that could play in here. I think, first of all, when we'll go to our next story, that GM is building a vehicle Tesla doesn't have. That's the title of this article. I believe it was in uh, CarBuzz. Uh, and the, the vehicle is a high-volume vehicle, a delivery van. So they want to build, GM wants to build an electric mini uh, uh, van, delivery van. Um, and this is an article according to Reuters. Uh, aimed specifically at business owners. In other words, they want to. They're calling it uh, the BV1, and it will be part of their 20 all-electric vehicle fleet that they plan to still plan. I guess after the fiscal difficulties, they still plan to launch by 2023. So high-volume vehicle, uh, high-visibility vehicle. We'll talk a little bit more about that, and when we come back. We'll jump into the world of internal combustion engines and talk about some new product from Volkswagen. So stay tuned to Cruise Control yep. Radio. For the latest updates on Cruise Control, follow us on Twitter at Cruise Control Rad. That's C-R-U-I-S-E-C-T-R-L-R-A-D. Cruise Control Rad. Cruise Control. Fred Staub, Les Jackson, we are glad you are along for the ride. Check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com, on Facebook, on Twitter, all those places. Lots of automotive information, Les. And uh, we've got some information. Uh, We started off this hour talking about electric vehicles and... GM getting into the electric vehicle uh, business uh, with their delivery truck. Uh, but let's go back to the world of internal combustion, and we'll talk about one of the most beloved vehicles in the world. That is the Volkswagen Golf. The Golf 8 is uh, coming in. It was due to be released in Europe, but there was a software bug. Interesting. Uh, it is a bug Uh, In their emergency call equipment, which every car in Europe has to have since 2018. And uh, that was the problem with the vehicle for some reason. Uh, But they have solved it, and now they're starting the deliveries. As you know, here in the U.S., we will not get any of the new Golf models except for the GTI. And that will arrive sometime next year as a 2022 model. It's interesting. I think one of the biggest changes in the automotive industry, we've been talking about a lot of vehicles and we just talk about them for three years and we don't see them. 
uh, yeah, the, yeah. This, the well, Ford you know, Bronco. obviously, <laughs> sure, and and we know why this year. It's so far, it's it's been a problem, but right. But the rest of the time has just been kind of waiting for the shoe to fall. Yep. Yep. And it doesn't fall. I think they lost the shoe. Yeah, they they lost <laughs> the shoe or they tripped on their shoelaces. It's <laughs> maybe so. Well, this problem is solved, which is good for VW. And, uh, you know, the steady stream of new models continues, by the way. I mean, you and I talked about new models from Toyota and a bunch of other manufacturers last week. But it continues because uh, this week they tease the 2021 Volkswagen Arteon, which is one of your favorite cars. I know. I like that car. Yeah. And uh, now we're not sure about this, but I can probably tell you. <laughs> tell you just from previous experience they have an Ardeon shooting brake but that's only going to be sold in Europe and China unfortunately it's a, a very cool vehicle looks like a large station wagon or hatchback doesn't it that's right a big uh hatchback uh the Volvo P1800 was the first shooting brake uh named mm -hmm. uh, alternate name that uh, that I remember being sold here. Mm -hmm. um, I love that term, shooting brake. And you'd think in America, where everybody owns a gun, you know, <laughs> that shooting brake would be popular, but it's not a popular <clears throat> term here. It, it's it's it doesn't you resonate know, as they say. It, it doesn't resonate. I don't understand why, because it's such a cool look and it's very practical. I think also it goes into the fact that. They want people in big SUVs. They don't want them in something where they can say, hey, this has all-wheel drive. Yeah. And it has a lot of the utility of uh, an SUV, but it's lower. So it gives me most everything I need, but it's sleeker. I think they'd rather say, no, you should be buying, well, you should be <clears throat> buying the uh, Atlas or something like that instead. Well, obviously, the, the, the profit is much higher on SUVs. Yeah. Um, but... It's not that the Ardeon is a, is an economy car. It's it's, no. it's expensive. Um, just wouldn't wouldn't you rather have even if you were just taking golf clubs in it? Wouldn't you rather have something like that? I think it looks sleek. I really do. Uh, but uh, it is uh, known as being one of the best looking sedans on the market. It always has an incredible interior. Uh, the U.S. engine options are predicted to be. Uh, the turbocharged two-liter four-cylinder engine producing 268 horsepower, 258 pound-feet of torque. Uh, there might be a hot R version of this, but uh, that may not be sold in the U.S. either. So, mm. well, of course, what I want isn't isn't sold here. <laughs> yeah, the cars you can't get, but they are selling right. and building a lot of cars in the U.S. Uh, because uh, they just built their one millionth car uh, in the in America, the Volkswagen. Uh, it, what it was was a 2020 Volkswagen Passat R line, finished in Aurora red metallic, and that rolled now, out of the Chattanooga plant. And and see now, out of pure selfish motives, um, th this uh, this pandemic has has kept me from being able to celebrate the one millionth party that they would have had at the VW headquarters here around DC. Would have brought the car in maybe? They would have brought the car in. We would have had a nice, you know, 
either a big lunch or a big dinner and champagne, and it would have been really nice. But instead, it's an email. <laughs> <laughs> it's an email that we tell but, you about on Cruise Control yeah, Radio. But you know, I, I'm really, I'm really happy for them that they've built a million cars here. Yeah, there's a big commitment in Chattanooga. Of course, they build the Atlas here too. What else do they build? Is it the Jetta? Uh, the Jetta, yeah. Yeah, so they build a lot of vehicles down there. Chattanooga, I was through that plant. It's pretty cool. A lot going on down there. And uh, that Passat, by the way, the Passat, if you're looking at that, it is going to get bigger in 2021. Not sales-wise, it's going to get big, just bigger. Uh, and we'll be, uh, have a lot of new features for that for 2021. So, uh, but in the meantime, you can get, uh, a, uh, 2020 model with a two liter turbocharged TSI engine, uh, outputs 174 horsepower, 206 pound feet of torque. And that starts at a very affordable, the way cars go today, 22,995. You and I were talking about a great price. There are a lot of cars under $25,000. Many of them get 40 miles to the gallon or or darn close. And they are at the $25,000 price point. And many of them have all the safety updates and things like that. So think about that. You don't need to buy a $75,000 pickup truck unless you want to. Well, if you want it and you can afford it, that's fine. Yeah, but uh, there are a lot of ways to get into a car that's new, that's modern, that's safe, uh, that doesn't cost an arm and a leg, you know? I mean, (laughs) at $25,000, you could buy three of them for the price of a pickup truck. (laughs) That's right, which would last you... You know what? Maybe fifty years. Keep them like spares, like disposable razors. Yeah. Or something. Although you know, as they get twenty or thirty years on them, they start becoming pretty obsolete. Yeah, and it's probably not a good thing to just leave it sit there. I would imagine, right? That's right. No, no, it's terrible for it. I remember an old Cadillac commercial where it was the last of the Eldorado convertibles, right? Uh, and they said, yep. buy one to use, buy one to store. And I never forget it. They showed the guy, it was a white car, and the guy opens the hood of the one he's got stored, and he sprays black uh, spray paint on the top of the uh, core support, the radiator, you know, the piece of sheet metal. And I thought as a kid, like, that's going to get overspray all over that. Yeah, it is. Why Why would he do that? Why would you do that? And is it rusting already? You just brought it back. <laughs> I just thought it was a bizarre commercial. Yeah. Like, did, didn't anyone say, why is he doing that there? No, everyone probably sat there and said, wow, that's, yeah, what a concept. That's amazing, right? That's right. <laughs> you know, those, uh, those, those Cadillacs, especially the convertibles, they were really quite pretty cars. Yeah. The Eldorado was... You know, it was basically a, a, a Toronado. It was front-wheel drive. Make mine uh, uh, pearlescent white with a bright red interior. How's that? That's the classic look. A friend of mine had a green one. Um, beautiful mm-hmm. thing with a saddle interior. Yeah. Huge. Floaty. Your, Huge. Your, your sofa on wheels. <laughs> so uh, when we come back on Cruise Control Radio... We're going to talk about Chrysler opening up the order books for the Pacifica all-wheel drive. And 
Bentley building the last of a breed. Plus, Les is going to get behind the geofence. All that and yes. more. <laughs> I'm going to try to climb it. All right. When we come back on Cruise Control Radio, check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com for all the links. We'll be right back. Cruise Control Radio goes live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. To listen, click the link on our homepage. Go to www.cruisecontrolradio.com. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control. Lesson Fred at the, uh, at the controls. And if you're going to cruise, and we've both done this, uh, a great vehicle to, to take a long trip in is the Chrysler Pacifica. We've, we have done this in the past two years uh, in the hybrid Pacifica. Now you can do it in an all-wheel drive Pacifica, which means winter is no longer a, a concern. Yeah. I mean, for some of us in the Northeast, all-wheel drive, people will not buy a vehicle without all-wheel drive, even though... I mean, last winter it didn't snow that much, but it's, <laughs> no, I was going to say we didn't. It's a didn't need it. It's a be prepared type of uh, feeling, you know. Like, well, what if I don't have all wheel drive? Well, in reality, you think about it. There's probably only a few times where you needed all wheel drive, but people like it. They feel it makes them feel very comfortable. It's also very safe, uh, you know, in these summer rainstorms, mm-hmm. you, you much, much better traction. Yeah. And of course, and Pacifica is, dare I say it, a minivan. It's a minivan. Say it proudly. <laughs> the, the vehicle most people need, but don't want. That's right. But that, that hasn't been true of the Pacifica. It's one of those minivans that really just kind of seems like a car. I tell you, I drove on the launch of the Pacifica hybrid minivan with Bob Gritzinger from Ward's Auto. And we were just laughing and having fun. And we got, we got like, I, I seem to remember we got 36 miles to the gallon. Mm. And, and that's a big vehicle, you know? Yeah. Well, uh, we took it wasn't the all wheel drive version that wasn't out. That's, this is just coming no, out. No, that's now. right. But we took a hybrid last uh, last year to a wedding up in uh, upstate New York mm-hmm. that you remember quite well. Um, and it was a hybrid and, and it got, yeah, about 36, 37 to the gallon. And we loaded it up. We didn't care about trying to get good mileage. You were just driving it normal. Just driving. Yeah. Uh, very comfortable. Yeah, they are comfortable. They certainly are. Well, uh, the order books have opened up early for the 2020 Chrysler Pacifica all-wheel drive launch edition. Uh, if a wheel loses traffic, uh, traffic. <laughs> if a wheel loses traction, <laughs> Pacifica's yes. all-wheel drive system will activate the transfer of 100% of available engine torque to the wheels with more traction. It is exclusively available on the Pacifica Touring L model. And uh, it's going to be in dealerships in the third quarter of 2020. And this system automatically disconnects the all-wheel drive when it's not required, which is a class exclusive. Of course, that means you're not driving those rear wheels. Now, when I first 
heard this, I thought, is this being done electrically? You know, is there no drive shaft? There is a drive shaft, though, that goes back there. And and you still get the stow-and-go capability. So hmm. the seats Boy. that fold... Remember, that was a problem in the past where they would have all-wheel drive, but you couldn't get the stow-and-go, and you had to stick with the the seats that you had to take out and store somewhere if you wanted to load things. Remember... Uh, the stow and go, the seats fold into the floor very quickly within yeah. like less than and a minute, and you have very, like a delivery very hand- truck. <laughs> very handy. Yeah. Um, I've loaded uh, a lot of furniture. Yeah. <laughs> in well, one. it's it's instantaneous, and it's literally a, you pull a couple of levers or straps or something. Yeah, or push a couple buttons. And it and it it amazingly folds into the floor. Uh, and that and that is really good. So you're getting the hybrid capability. You're getting the all-wheel drive capability. It's really a no-brainer. It is it is a, a Swiss Army knife of family transport, isn't it? It really is. It's a good that's uh, a good description. They have a new uh, foreshadow finish. I'm not sure what that means. It's an interesting name though they have a black noise exterior accents uh i guess that's like a um all blacked out edition of the vehicle yeah i i personally don't care for all blacked out no but i I know a lot of people love it they love it and if they can get it that's good and sure uh pretty cool pretty cool i look forward to driving this the uh, suggested retail price for this uh, is $40,240. The, uh, lo- that includes a launch, uh, edition package, which has an MSRP of 30,095. Uh, so pretty cool, right? Very cool. Um, it's just, it's a good, well, between that and the Honda Odyssey, I guess nobody buys any other minivans. Well, uh, Toyota just put out their new Sienna minivan. With a True, vacuum but, and a refrigerator. Yes. Well, okay. Uh, you got me on the refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, interesting stuff. And uh, look forward to driving it. And uh, cool that it's got that. Uh, to have the be the only minivan to offer all-wheel drive with stow-and-go seating. And That's uh, quite some engineering. Yeah. it Definitely some engineering. And cool that you can... Still remember the drive shaft is still running back there, so they have to get around that. And um, the the all wheel drive is signaled to engage in cold exterior temperature. The use of windshield wipers, slip detected in the front wheels, heavy acceleration at certain vehicle speeds, such as overtaking during passing. When electronic stability control activates, abrupt steering or sudden throttle inputs or rough road conditions. So it it's kind of got your back there, basically, right? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, so cool stuff from the folks at, uh, at Chrysler. And uh, let's move on to something completely different, Les. A uh, little bit of Bentley history is going away. Uh, yep. And um, we'll tell you about a little future tech about Bentleys as well. But after 61 years... The 6.75 liter V8 is going away. They built the last one. Uh, it's a big engine. 
uh, with a lot of stuff hanging off of it. Um, it it's it's huge. We have a picture, which of course our readers can't, our listeners can't see, but shows two guys standing next to the engine, and the engine is about as big as a refrigerator. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> lot of accessories hanging off of it. Too. Yeah. Um, and uh, this, uh, the final one, has been hand assembled at the crew factory. The last L series engine will be installed in the thirteenth and final Mulsanne six point seven five edition by. Uh, Moliner. Moliner is what? The people that build the body? Uh, Moliner, yes. Uh, they build the body. And by the way, for, for the old for the old school folks, the uh, 6.75 liter is essentially a 427. Wow. And they've been building so, this. It was brand new in 1959 for the Bentley S2 when it produced 180 horsepower. <laughs> well, but in 1959, that was a that lot. Was, fair amount of horsepower and of course it was torquey yeah well well the current numbers on this engine uh it can have as much as 530 horsepower with 811 pound feet of torque which to your note there would be considered torquey (laughs) yes Uh, torque you know torque is what you want we were talking about this they say it's the longest running v8 engine but I'm not sure about that because the Chevy V8 came out in what, 1955? 55. This started but then, production in 59. Uh, that's true. And they're still making, although, if you remember, they made the all new Chevy small block with aluminum. Mm-hmm. Um, the LS series. Right? Like we went to LS. 18, 19 years ago. Yeah. So uh, that. The the Bentley engine has always been the same, although certainly there's no part of it today that would fit anything in 1959. I don't. Maybe maybe it's the longest running engine in a single model. Yeah, I I don't know. I that's true. I mean, you you look the the uh, Chevy V8 came out with a 283, and then eventually the the displacement just kept going up. And probably most of them were 350s, I would imagine, right? That's right. Yeah. So anyway, uh, it's there. You really don't need that much displacement anymore to make that kind of power. No, you don't. And uh, you know, we'll be seeing smaller engines producing probably the same power levels in future Bentleys. But it had a 61-year run, so that's that's pretty cool. Well, that's that's you know, there's tradition for you, and that's what Bentley is all about. Well, here's something that's not traditional about them. They they are talking about retractable steering wheels in their next models. So we'll we'll tell you a little bit about mm-hmm. that tech when we come back, and we're also gonna get less behind the geofence and also tell you about the return of the GMC Cyclone and the Ford Boss 302. Well, they're sort of returning when we come back on Cruise Control That's Radio. Right. Cruise Control Radio goes live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. To listen, click the link on our homepage. Go to www.cruisecontrolradio.com. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control. Lesson Fred rolling. Uh, or well, at least we're talking about rolling, <laughs> uh, and, and we were talking about Bentley uh, and the, the the farewell to the big 6.75 liter engine. But uh, 
on the uh, on the technical side of things, Bentley is really doing some state of the art work, and one is autonomy, and one is uh, a, a kind of a, uh, a a major component of a car uh, is going to be designed to be retractable, uh, not like not the wheels. Because <laughs> that's only in airplanes. It make it hard to steer. It makes it very hard to steer, but that's the problem. It's the steering wheel that will retract uh, when the car is autonomous. Now, is this another one of those uh, where they file the paperwork for it type of things? I mean, that's uh, about it. yeah. I think uh, I, I think that th- this is this is. It's a design exercise. Yeah. And whether this will ever happen or be allowed to happen, you know, there, there are safety agencies uh, in governments that say, well, you know, we, we may not think this is a good idea. I would feel like you, like we were saying during the break, I would feel unsettled if there wasn't a way to control a car. You know? Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't want to have to push a button and wait for the wheel to come out. No, <laughs> when you're going off the road, yes. <laughs> That's yeah, right. slow motor door open. Yeah. Meanwhile, you're crashing. Oh, wait, uh, and, a, I, and there's a screen that says locking in place, slow, you know, with a yeah. flash. <laughs> now, I can see, I don't believe this is going to happen, but I can see uh, autonomous cars with very small wheels. No, oh, okay. Well, you know, that you don't really need this big wheel in front of you with all the turn signals and stuff. Well, let's think of ships. Like even like a Navy destroyer, the wheel is like maybe a 10 or 12 inch wheel. Yeah. To control yeah. a ship. So there's no reason why you couldn't control a car. With That's right. 747. You know, it's just a little yoke and there's I, no reason. I want in the in the autonomous car, I want one of those little tiny wheels they used to put in dune buggies, you know, with the... With yeah, stainless steel uh, <laughs> parts with the holes in them. It is real, like your hands are almost touching each other. Yeah, I like that because everything is electric. So can it's I get not the like gas need... pedal with that's shaped like a foot with a big toe on it? Well, I always like you that. don't. Yeah, you don't need the gas pedal. You just tell it <laughs> go faster, uh, go slower. But it, it's uh, I don't like the idea of not having a wheel. Let's talk a little more tech, and this is tech that we're probably going to see, and you and I kind of touched on it before, where if you go to a um, city, you may have to be on electric, right? Right. And uh, there's been a lot of work being done at FCA and BMW as well. The future Jeep Renegade 4XE plug-in hybrid will shut down its internal combustion engine and switch to electric power when it heads inside a city. And it is developed, uh, dubbed the Turin Geofencing Lab has developed this. So when, let's say you were driving into D.C. or New York, as you come out of the tunnel, let's say, the vehicle will sense where it was by GPS and turn off the internal combustion engine. This seems pretty simple and easy to do. I tell you, I remember back in 2007, I was on a trip to Europe, and I was riding in a Peugeot, all about sustainable cars, and it had a big red button there. And the guy said to me, 
Yeah, well, the idea is if you go, you're coming into like Paris or someplace like that and you don't want to pollute, you would push this button and it would force it into the electric mode. And I thought, well, that's an interesting idea. Now it's automated uh, and and the European Union is looking seriously at this to re- require this on vehicles. Uh, it could be something we see in the future. Of course, the electric part would have to be constantly charged because if the vehicle's forced into the electric mode and you have no power in your batteries, then it's a problem, right? Well, it would be. It would be. But then again, the car would know that. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, but I think this is uh, this is going to happen, and and I think I it's think, a great idea. I think it. I think it definitely might happen, and. Uh, you know, it's it's an interesting idea. It would be great. Once again, this could start with buses. This could start with delivery vehicles. You know, right? It just right. happens. Taxis. In the, yeah. It happens at taxis. It happens in the background, uh, and just and this is and this is what happens. I think I think it would be a great idea. So, and now to completely shift gears once again, <laughs> <laughs> because that's what we do. Uh, let's talk about the return of two vehicles that both made an impression at different times in the, uh, automotive car culture. Remember the Cyclone? This was the place for... That's right. They had this great Buick engine, turbocharged 4.3 liter V6, uh, and it had, had a turbocharger on it, the, um... The uh, car that was originally in was a Buick, um, and the Grand National. Grand National, right? It was originally in there, and that car went away. They had to find a place to put it, so they put they created the Cyclone and the Typhoon. The Cyclone was the pickup truck version of it. Uh, I believe it had all wheel drive, didn't it? Uh, I don't think it did. I thought it was just rear wheel drive, but we can check on that. And it could do a quarter mile in 13.4 seconds at 98 miles an hour, which was big back in 1991. That was quite good. Yeah. And then, of course, the Typhoon was the um, uh, SUV version of it, the Blazer version of it. Right. The Chevy Blazer GMC version. Yeah. So, and there are a couple of different versions of it. Well, now a company is bringing back the the uh, GMC Cyclone, uh, Yanko Chevy Camaro, uh, from the makers of the 1,000-horsepower Yanko Chevy Camaro, comes the GMC Cyclone uh, with a 455-horsepower can- Cannon-tuned Cyclone for 2019. This comes from a company called Specialty Vehicle Engineering, SVE. Uh, they will build this in, in the 2021 the Canyon Cyclone uh, with supercharged V8. They had a teaser of it where they backed the vehicle out, uh, and it sounds pretty nasty. Uh, they uh, it, it, It's got some kind of crazy cam in it and headers. So they're bringing back the name. I guess they licensed it. That's right. Uh, speaking of which. Speaking of which. Would you ever think about getting a uh, Boss 302? Yes, a, a new a, old a new Boss old 302. One. Yeah, this. Uh, I'd love that. This is an Oklahoma-based Classic Re- Recreations. Uh, is the name of the company, Classic Recreations. 
and they have a beautiful licensed body uh, of the Boss 302 or a Boss 429 or a Mach 1. They have an 815 horsepower version of the Boss 429, <laughs> a thousand That's... horsepower Mach 1. It begins with a real 1969 or 1970 Mustang that is restored back to frac- factory fresh condition. I don't think they licensed that whole body yet. They licensed the uh, 65, 66, 67 yeah, version yeah. of this. But uh, And then uh, you can get a modern 5-liter Gen 3 Coyote engine producing 490, which I think is probably the best one to go with. Or you can get a um, 363 cubic inch Ford Performance Boss crate engine at 507, and then you can go up from there. But uh, these look like beautiful cars, and I bet they cost a bunch of money, huh? I bet they do, but they would be thoroughly modern cars underneath. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm guessing eh, 150. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would guess. Hey, we appreciate you listening to Cruise Control Radio. Hope you've enjoyed the ride. Check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Time for me to say I'm Fred Staub. I'm Wes Jackson. We'll see you down the road. Bye. Cruise Control Radio is your on-air automotive magazine. Go to www.cruisecontrolradio.com for more information.